Quiet on the set. Action. everyone and welcome to the Movie Machine Podcast. We are live here at Prior Affair in the Blackstack Brewing Building and we are extremely excited to be here. In case you don't know, we are a movie podcast and we make up a movie very fast based on a random suggestion from the internet. And of Heck course, yeah. because we are a, a very, you know, prestigious elite, not really, uh, we have three of the incredible <laughs> Hollywood guests That's the here. illusion. So we have three incredible Hollywood guests here who are going to help us make this movie. We have our writer, Kyle Decker, who's the resident chocolatier on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. We have Aaron Kennedy, our director, who's the Foley artist on Transformers 1 through 5. That's right. And we have Firsters, our producer, who is Dave Couillet's life coach. Yeah, I really, it didn't turn out well for him, I guess. Uh, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't lead that one right. <laughs> Was the gopher puppet your idea? <laughs> uh, I, I literally just told him, do Bullwinkle any chance you get. All right. So, he without ran with further it. ado, there is a prompt here for you. All right. The theme of this story, Parody Quest. The main character, an unstable schoolgirl. The major event of the story, delusion. You may begin. All right. So it's a parody quest. So we're going to make this feel kind of like a Lord of the Rings adventure story, but we're going to set it modern time. And our main character, when you say unstable, I think she literally is unstable. Like she has balance issues and everything. She's just very clumsy. Our main character, we'll call her Rita. It will be our main character. And she is going to have a quest. Her quest is to get straight A's for the first time ever in school. And to do this, she has a symbol of team of all of her friends and comrades at school that can help her coach her towards the things she needs. So she has her, one of her friends is very good at math and she's going to train with them. She's going to have another friend who's good at science, another friend who's good at English, and they're going to work together. And through the whole thing, she's going to find out that she has a lot to teach her friends as well to help them in their class. And they're going to have this big team like bonding moment. And, and through the whole thing, the big conflict part of it is it's going to start with a quest just to get good grades but it's gonna end with there's a big kind of tragedy hits the school and that tragedy is all the funding for the arts program is getting pulled so this team of like uber nerds if you will or uber students are going to work together so their quest goes from getting good grades initially to there's bigger things at stake here like our art program our theater our music and everything else so these this group of kids i like the main character rita as far as who her sidekicks are and everything i'm i'm okay with it being it could be a group of girls it could be mixed group I, I'm okay with the setting. I'll let the director decide if it wants to be a boarding school, a public school, whatever. I'm not that beholden to that concept as much. It's probably a public school because they're pulling art funding, but you know. So they're they're bonding, and the main villain is going to be this budget-crunching bureaucrat uh, named Terry, and Terry Rasmussen is going to be their name, is going to be the big bureaucrat who says schools have to make money, which they don't, but that's what Terry decides. And so these kids learn to form, and they do 
end up with a big heist to basically steal information that Terry has been embezzling in the office to show that all the money to save the art program is can be found in Terry's embezzlement. So they have to do this big heist to steal the files from the district headquarters of the school. And that's kind of the big thing ends with the heist and then they save the school and they expose Terry and Terry has his Scooby-Doo moment. I would have gotten away with you if one of those kids. We'll call the movie Real Class. Okay. So, Aaron, you have a draft on your desk for the movie Real Class about a, an unstable schoolgirl who is saving her lovely school from an embezzlement case. What do you think? Where do you take this? Well, as I'm looking at it right now, it's riddled in red ink because I have a lot of adjustments to make. We'll get back to the title. That's probably the one thing that I'm, I'm good with. Real Class, except it's R-E-E-L Class because this is actually going to be an animated film. It's going to be an underwater, there are fish. <laughs> so we have Rita. Uh, Rita is an eel. And the reason that she is, is considered unbalanced is because she doesn't know how to, to regulate her emotions. And she's often shocking to people. And in her class, uh, she doesn't quite fit in because she's the longest and most electric of everybody. And she, she joins forces with three people in her class, as was discussed in the, in the script. Um, I believe that these are going to be a, a hermit crab, a guppy, and a swordfish. All four voices uh, are going to be very familiar and very appropriate for the roles. Um, I'm seeing Rita as being played by the voice of uh, Susan Sarandon, <laughs> and the hermit crab is we are we are going to do our best to get Jim Henson's son or grandson at this point, whoever has taken over the voice of Kermit the Frog, <laughs> he is going to do that voice. We are going to have uh, the guppy is going to be Steve Gutenberg. And for, like, a real fun twist, the swordfish is going to be played by Jaleel White. Now, we talked about the bad guy, Rats, Ratsmut, Ratsmutin. Rasmussen. Yep. Very Rasmussen. Rasmussen. Obviously, he's an, a hammerhead shark, and he, he wants control over what is happening, and, and I agree with that. He has a lot of things to hide from this school of fish. He is going to be voiced by, what is his name? Shoot. Jeff Goldblum? I'm just taking a guess based on your other Get choices. out of here, writer. Let me let me direct. It is, it is not going to be Jeff Goldblum. Uh, it's going to be the guy uh, the guy from Everybody Loves Raymond who plays his brother. He's very tall and has a very deep voice. Just oh, uh, Brad uh, Garrett from... Brad uh, Garrett. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's who it's going to be. I mean, that's everything that I have. Okay, great. So, Fur, you've got a draft. It's now real class with two E's. Two E's. And it's a story about a school of fish preventing embezzlement in their school. Correct. What do you, what do you think? Is this something that's feasible to make? And uh, what, what are you thinking in terms of budget for this guy? Well, it, obviously it's an animated film, so so the budget's really not that big of an issue. I mean, have you seen what we're able to do with animators nowadays? You don't have to pay them a whole lot of money. So budget, we don't have to do a whole lot. Better for our, better for our bottom line. Uh, I dig the whole underwater thing, I think think that's great but you know we're still looking for some star power and and some kids in this movie and i like the star power 
but Stranger Things is huge right now. So uh, if we could get like a fish that looks like uh, what's the what's the girl from Stranger Things? Uh, she plays Eleven. Millie. Uh, Millie. Millie. Yeah. Millie, Millie Bobby Brown. Brown. Yeah. If we could get like maybe like some kind of catfish to, uh, to be voiced by Millie Bobby Brown, I think that would be great. Really add the whole girl power thing that's really big right now. Um, I do have a problem though with uh, with the villain of the movie. I I have a friend. His name was Terry Rasmussen. He's a great guy. I think I, I think that it's it's mean to put uh, this executive, this board member, as the bad guy because uh, let's be honest, producers and executive uh, CEO guys have enough problems on their plate right now with being painted as bad guys. So if we could maybe make it like a twist at the end and have it be like a janitor that's actually stealing the money from from the school and have the janitor be played by like I don't know like some kind of mud skipper or something, some real low life that people are gonna they're not gonna really identify with. You know what I mean? Gilbert Godfrey. Gilbert Godfrey would be great as this guy. I can just hear him now. Ah, you found me! Uh, that's my best Gilbert Godfrey. Other than that, the animated, I do think we need to add a musical number in this movie. I mean, you can't have an animated movie without a musical number. Maybe if we could have like a big giant musical number about being in the same school of fish, like that whole thing, like we're all in the same school, a really big unifying number. Uh, maybe towards like the climax of the movie as they all split up. And honestly, I think Millie Bobby Brown could be the one to lead that. Uh, maybe you know if we can get Chris Pratt in this, I think I think that'll go well. People love that guy. Let's get See, him in this movie yeah. too. You got a, a lot of names here. What do you have a rough estimate for what this budget's gonna look like before they start rolling on this thing and run out? Uh, let's see. What do we expect an opening weekend? If you put Chris Brown and the girl from Stranger Things in there, or Chris Pratt rather, uh, anyone else? Chris Brown Chris in Brown this movie? Bad idea. Let's go. Uh, you guys have seventy million bucks. Do what you want with it. All right. Great. So, Kyle, you've got the treatment back from the studio. You've got a lot of new details about the way this thing's going to go. What do you think? Is this what you're imagining? Uh, no, but uh, I'm still getting a paycheck from the studio, <laughs> so what do I care? I still got my SAG card, so, you know, things are good. I can make this work. I mean, if it's a school of fish, I don't know if the arts program, but I think they're going to – I think the goal is to get rid of, like, their coral or something. We'll make it a little more fish-centric in the story. And instead of, instead of calling the hammerhead shark Terry – like, I still want the, like, tight-laced bureaucratic administrator, and Brad Garrett's a great choice for that because he's, you know, a big derpy shark with Brad Garrett's deep voice. Mm-hmm. We'll call him something like Harry, just Harry the administrator. You know? And it's funny because fish aren't hairy, right? Oh. That's funny, right? Anyway. That does they got scales. They got scales in instead of hair. Yeah. That's true, yeah. Yeah, by, by pure, like, the most basic of joke structure, that's kind of funny. We're going to, the mud skipper. Gilbert Gottfried said we're going to make a flounder so the, his face is on the side of the fish. That's so, hilarious. Like, his voice is weird, so it'll be appropriate if the fish is talking from his side for it to be Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. And we'll call him, uh, he's a janitor, we'll call him Stinky because kids will dig, um, that's another obvious joke. We're going to really play up to the kid audience here. And I'll just write, and then I'll write in a whole bunch of like fish fart jokes and stuff like with bubbles and everything because kids love fart jokes. Don't At least I'm told. Squid ink. Yeah, and squid ink, the whole thing. We'll, we'll kind of play that up and everything. I'll write a whole bunch of fart jokes in there. Kids will love it. 
the rest of the kids, you know, I'll make sure to have, I, Chris Pratt can be the gym teacher. He can be like a, a big, uh, like a big salmon or something, or a, or a tuna, a big bluefin tuna who is the gym teacher. We'll call him uh, Mr. Strong, because he's a gym teacher. I'm really going low hanging fruit for this film, because I think that's the, the category we're going for. I'm okay with the pun change of the title. Like, oddly, very okay with that. Hopefully I can get spinach smork with Pixar after this. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with how it sits. It's good. Okay. So we'll pass it back over to Aaron, our director. What do you think about the changes that are made? Is this going the way you imagine? Yes and no. Um, I'm going to go ahead and ixnay all of those fart jokes. We need to assume that children nowadays have a higher intelligence level. I'm very familiar with children i there's some that live on my block so i would say if we can like maybe like one one fart joke is fine because then the the adults will get it as well we need to have some adult humor that will go over the heads of the children for all of the adults that are going to be bringing their children to the movie and if we can i don't know the whole idea of the janitor being the bad guy after all it just seems so on the nose i want to think that it was the the janitor that was framed for it by the hammerhead shark because we all know sharks are are wily wily creatures so inevitably in a movie the shark is going to be the bad guy so that's all I have to say about that. It's good. I would like to stay as far away from Pixar as possible, though. What I'd kind like of animation f- style are you thinking for this? Do you want it to be traditional CG? Uh, I'd like it for it to be similar to real life or more cartoony. I would like for it to be be similar to like Powerpuff Girls. Uh, the eyes are just too big, and that would be that would be ideal because eyes are the windows to the soul. Uh, except soul is spelled S O L E because that's a kind of fish. This is correct. <laughs> So, so you're thinking kind of like the flat 2D sort of cell animation look? Cell animation. Okay. That would be ideal. It's coming back. A lot of our old cartoons from the past are being redone in that way. I think it would be great. All right. So, Fur, you've got some notes back from your crew here. Production is underway. The animators are making great progress, given that you haven't paid them that much yet. What do you think? How's this going? Well, I mean, I, I do, and we can fix this in post, because I have to disagree with the no fart jokes thing. I think it's hilarious. I think it's great. I think people are going to love it. I mean, you're underwater. Every time there's a fart, there's going to be bubbles. It's going to exactly. be great. And they're going to say, who did that? And they're going to all look at the friend who eats maybe, you know, who eats all the, 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 the spicy worms, and he's going to be like, sorry, guys. It's going to be great. People are going to love it. So we got to keep the fart jokes in. It's easy to do in post. I still disagree. I don't think that we need to get away from, uh, I think we need to get away from blaming the uh, the executive, the, the shark guy. I mean, that's a stereotype that I don't think they need right now. So I think we put it back on the janitor, have it be stinky, and here's the ultimate uh, sort of spin around. They find out who it was because of a fart joke from Stinky. They're they're looking for him in like the the coral reef area, and they see bubbles rise up, and there is Stinky hiding with all the money that he stole uh, from the kids. So I do think the fart joke's got to go back in, and it's going to be Stinky the janitor that's responsible for all this. Is there anything you want to note about marketing this before you send it out? This is the last chance before we put it into the movie machine and see what happens. Uh, yeah, for marketing, honestly, this is all you need for the tagline on the poster. Prepare to get hooked. Yep. All right. Yep. So a lot of posters. With just that slogan, nothing else, because, you know, it's a fish thing, right? Yeah, prepare to get hooked. Boom. Nailed it. <laughs>
All right, so I'm going to take all of this information that you've given me and plug it into our movie machine, which is very real, and if you can't see it, you're not looking hard enough. And I'm going to pull the lever, which sounds like a fishing rod being reeled. So this movie does okay. You know, it's it's first weekend. A lot of people go and take their kids, and it's it's all fine and dandy. But the 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 second weekend does not do as well. It's it's reviewed <laughs> kind of mediocre. Um, most most folks don't really think it's it's all that good of a movie. Compare it to other kids movies of the day, and it just doesn't really hold up the same way. Uh, the other interesting note of this is that your your animators do go on strike. <laughs> And they do raise a lot of uh, red flags for the studio, looking at some uh, expensive lawsuits for overworking and, and really just making sure that those animators suffer, you know? So the studio's in a little bit of hot water for that. However, because this is it, the movie machine, which is predicting the future for us, you do have a little bit of time travel magic. You can go back and make a final change or, you know, go back and, you know, keep it exactly as it was and call it art and see you later. That's perfectly fine, too. So... We're going to start with Kyle, and you have one more round here to fill any anything else in that you might think is important. Well, I've I've joined the animators in on the uh, mistreatment lawsuit against the studio because the uh, producer kept coming over to my house with raw fish (laughs) and just like filling my apartment with it, saying it was method writing, and I better (laughs) get to it. And and I told him, I'm like, I'm I'm I'm, no, there's no such thing as method writing. I I can write about fish just fine without my apartment smelling like. Mm-hmm. old fish but he insisted and he insisted and insisted and then soon he started sending me bills for the fish he bought from the market so i ended up making no money from this picture so i'm i'm going i'm joining the lawsuit with the the class action lawsuit with the animators to really expose this kind of you know underpaid overworked labor that uh the animation world is rife with now kids will not get their goofy animated fish on the backs of hard-working artists ever again <laughs> And that's all I have to say. All right. So, Aaron, you have a little bit of time travel magic. What do you think? Yeah, see, here's the thing. When a producer insists on writing the music for an animated film, you can't really expect all that much. And I should have known that. I'm experienced (laughs) in this field. I should have known better than to just accept his chocolate bribes. But... (laughs) I accepted them. I had Lin-Manuel Miranda calling me about doing the film and, and writing the score and writing the music. And I said, no, 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 it's fine. He's got it. And now I, I deeply regret the decision. Uh, and I also can't look at uh, another bar of milk chocolate again. So I'm, I'm not happy with how, it, with how it worked out. I am glad that I used my pseudonym, <laughs> my, my fake name with uh, this project, Marzipan Saffron. All right. If you could change anything, would you? I would change everything about this. Okay. I would have fired the writer instantly. I would have uh, never, ever teamed up with this producer. And I would have just gone straight to Walt W., all right, so for harsh words from your team here, what do you think? Would you change anything? Would you do anything differently? I'd have fired both of them and outsourced the entire project to Korea. 
and also maybe spent about maybe $500 more budgets in the, uh, in the budget for donuts because if there's one thing that appeases writers, it's donuts. They'd have been a lot happier. Sorry about the fish thing. I thought it would help. You know, the method acting. Daniel Day-Lewis, he's great. He talks in character for four months straight while they're filming a movie. If you have fish around you, you know, I get the idea that maybe you understand what it's like to be the under the ocean. Next time, I'll do what I was going to do originally and just drop your house in a lake and call it good. What's the technology behind that? Just out of curiosity. A crane. Okay. It's a crane. We just pick up the house with a crane and drop it in the nearest lake and say, good luck. I'm this delighted is, that you can This is how we do it in the Bronx. To do that with. Where we're from, the studio is. Well, when you don't pay animators or writers, you can afford renting a crane for an afternoon. And I, and I gave you $500 extra for donuts. Come on, man. That's easy. That's, that's baby town frolics. Some of us can't handle sweet desserts anymore. Yeah, some of us are gluten-free, man. I don't know what that is. Uh, whatever, you don't get an extra $500. I'm going to use that on my next haircut. All right, so with your changes, I'm going to put everything back into the movie machine, which also sounds like a fishing rod being reeled just in reverse. <laughs> so nothing really changes with this movie because you didn't really change anything. So un- unfortunately, the, the results are still the same. You guys do not make money on this. Uh, Fur goes to jail because <laughs> there are some serious consequences for this. However, it's like a rich people jail because he's a Hollywood producer. So it's not that bad, all things considered. Uh, and Aaron and Kyle get to work again. So that's great. Right. I got some decent company in there. And then, as always, we are going to end our episode with a quote of wisdom from our patron saint, Guy Fieri. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll finish the soup. You can go. 